Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Out. So I have a message for you tonight. My message is called Work in Progress. And um, we are carrying on um, the retrospective series. And uh, I came back from my holiday straight into preparing this message for tonight. And so I really pray that you're going to be blessed by it. I really pray that God is going to speak to you as I speak, because we are all a work in progress. And we all sit here tonight and no one is any greater than anybody else. We're all a work in progress. We're all exactly the same. None of us have made it any further than anybody else. We are all on the same journey. And we're all going through the same thing. And Philippians 1, uh, verse 6 says, says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, I don't know, uh, I know that many of you have probably driven on Union Street. I go out and I drive on Union Street and I hate driving on Union Street. I drive on Union Street and there's so many traffic lights and there's just chaotic traffic everywhere and I don't like it. But it's a progress. You go down Union Street, you want to get from one end of the street to the other. I remember when I was growing up and um, I grew up on the Isle of Skye and uh, my dad was a joiner. And I remember uh, when my dad was looking at jobs, uh, actually, can these lights be dim? These sort of ones right here, just a little bit, if that's okay. Um, my dad, uh, he, there was paperwork everywhere. People would ask him to build a building. They would ask him to build a house, whatever. And there was just always paperwork. And I remember looking at this chaotic mess, thinking, how does he even make understand that? How does he get his head round what that paperwork says? And I remember this one day, Dad said, I'm going to extend our house. I grew up in quite a big house. Our house um, was three houses that were all sort of together, put together, joint, no, they were bought, three, yeah, and it was a big house, okay, that's all you need to know, and dad said he was going to extend it, and I remember being little, and the door to the extension was shut, and I knew that I wasn't allowed through that door, I wasn't allowed to, crikey, I'm having a disco (laughs) up here, (laughs) I feel like I'm in a club or something, Um, and uh, the door was shut, and um, I remember mum saying to me very clearly, you are not allowed through that door. There's work going on. Dad is extending the house. So this one day, I looked and mum and dad weren't around. So I remember thinking, I am going to go and see what's behind that door. So I opened the door and right in front of me was this massive extension, but it was just um, like planks of wood. What are they called? that's exactly the word I'm looking for just everywhere had I stepped had I just walked and stepped I would have fallen and I probably would have hurt myself and nobody was there but one thing I knew was that the foundation was unfinished but when the foundation was finished it brought just this feeling of expansion it brought this feeling of joy completion it brought this feeling that we had got larger it brought this feeling that we were blessed. And there was a beautiful feeling about having that extension. 
for many of you that have built houses, or many of you, I know some people have worked in steadings, and the process that you have to go through when you're working on a building is painful. And it can take a really long time, but when that job is finished, it is a beautiful thing. And it's really important that as Christians we have a really good firm firm foundation. I remember uh, I probably had been saved about three years and uh, there was things that I was struggling with in life. There was things that I just found really, really difficult. And somebody said to me, it's your foundation. Your foundation is wrong. You need to look at your foundation that you're building yourself on and just recorrect the way that you're laying it and put in some other things. Now that was quite a number of years into being saved. And what I want to say to you tonight is it doesn't matter whether you are three years saved or 20 years saved. Look at your foundation. Look at what you're building your life upon. Because some people go through a cycle of the same thing, going round and round and happening again. It's likely it's your foundation. It's likely you need to look back. So every single one of us is a work in progress. And the amazing thing is, is that we don't like change. I don't like change. I don't like chaos. My dad uh, came down, and my dad is 73, and probably the worst thing he ever did was be trained as a joiner, because when he got trained as a joiner, everybody asks him to do things. And actually, he's at my sister's just now in Contour, and he's down at the age of 73. He's had an eye operation. He hasn't got a sight in one of his eyes, and he's away to start working in our house. And he's going to start putting bathrooms in and all this kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of what happens when you get a trade. So for all you men out here, here is a word of wisdom. Don't get a trade. Do something where people can't call you all the time at the age of 73. Uh, but yeah, it's chaotic. And um, I remember dad coming down and fitting a kitchen in our house. And I remember Brian pulled the kitchen out. He went away to Trinidad left me in the house with our children and no kitchen. My dad came down and uh, he was going to fit the kitchen, the new kitchen in for us. So the kitchen arrived and the kitchen cupboards were flat pack. And my dad just looked and he thought, this is going to be a nightmare. There was, there was parts for each cupboard. There was all kinds of bolts and screws and all kinds of things going on in each box. And he had to start rebuilding it from scratch to get it fitted onto the walls and so it was chaotic but when the kitchen was finished it was beautiful and I want to say to you tonight I'm going to be speaking a little bit about perseverance I'm going to be speaking a bit to you about persisting because it's really important that even when you are building a new foundation or when you are trying to build something in your life or for your life that you are persistent to not move even when it's just messy, even when it's chaotic, even when it's hard and you're tired, that you don't move. Um, One thing, um, a revelation I had actually when I first got saved, I remember standing in church one night and giving my life to God for the first time and just saying, God, I am here. Take me, use me, do with me what you need to do. And I heard the still small voice of God and he said to me, Ruth, when you give me your life, you give me your life. And I remember standing there thinking, and it took my breath away because I realized that if I was going to do life with God, I couldn't do it 50%. Couldn't do it 70%, couldn't even do it 99%. It had to be 100% or nothing at all. And God said to me really clearly, but really quietly, you give me everything tonight. And uh, 
tonight in this place, I know that God is going to take some of you to that place where you're going to realize that, do you know what, God, it's all. It's all of me or it's nothing at all. But do you know what, God can't do anything in your life until he's got you 100%. So um, in the Bible, it speaks a lot about all things working out for God, for good, for those who believe and trust and love God. And I can't remember the verse completely, but all things do work out for good. And it's, it's amazing that when God takes us on a journey, he takes us through whatever he takes us through. And life can deal some rubbish. Life can deal some really rubbish stuff. But I want you to know tonight that all things work out for good. I want you to understand that whatever you are facing right now, all things work out for good. And, you know, it's quite amazing because you can look at a situation where something for somebody is really, really hard. And that person, I had a situation, I should just tell you the story. I had a situation a while ago where uh, a girl was diagnosed. And she looked at me and she said, where's God? Where's God now? And I stood there and, you know, I couldn't say a thing to her. I knew that God was right there. I knew God was in it. But in her mess, she couldn't see it. And that's the thing with a mess or chaos or a struggle. It's not easy to see God in it. But that's where faith comes in. And that's where trust comes in. That in these times, you learn to teach yourself to trust him, to have faith in him, to believe that God has got you. God says all things work out for good, so all things will work out for good. And I want you to apply that to your heart tonight. Um, While we've been here in church, we've been here for 18 years in this church. And um, you know when you find the church that is your home, you know that you're not going anywhere. And that's Brian and I. And uh, I remember, like, over the years, you know, people come and people go. And there, is, uh, there are things out there that want to steal your dreams. There are things out there that want to rob you of the plan of God. God has got a plan for every single life in this room tonight. I want you to get that and I want you just to let that dwell in your mind that even what you imagine for yourself, what God has got is far greater, but there is a dream stealer. And being aware of who that dream stealer is is the most important thing you can ever ever tell yourself it's the most important thing you can ever accept in your head is that you are a work in progress but there is also a a spirit there is also the devil who wants to come against everything that God says he has got for your life Um, so God is building you and he is building the people around about you and we have one job to do, and that is just to trust God. This morning in, in the service, we prayed for everything that's happening out in Gaza. Do you know what? It's a disaster. What is happening out there is horrendous. But I want to tell you something, that God's plan still prevails. That even although we look around and you see the news and it looks like a horror movie, God's plan still prevails. To turn with me to Genesis 1, if you have your Bible with you. Do you hear me swallow? No. Okay. I thought it was quite loud there. Um, <laughs> what? 
Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I love that picture. I love the picture of the earth and the Holy Spirit just hovering. The Holy Spirit just hovering. You can almost hear this deep humming sound as the Holy Spirit just hovers over the earth, waiting for the spoken word of God. And God speaks and the Holy Spirit moves. And God says, let there be light, and the Holy Spirit moves. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that the Holy Spirit was delayed for just a second. It says that God spoke and the Holy Spirit moved. So God said, let there be stars. The Holy Spirit moved. God said, let there be light. The Holy Spirit moved. God said, let there be land. And the Holy Spirit moved. And there's a spoken word of God over your life. There's a spoken word of God over your life. There's a promise that God has for every single one of us. And the Holy Spirit wants to move. The Holy Spirit wants to move. And you know, when you actually look at your life, the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit's doing it anyway, even in the hard times, even in the times that you can't even see him, the Holy Spirit is moving. He is just causing things to happen. You know, I sometimes, like when we're coming back from conference down in Brighton, we're traveling up the road, and I think to myself, you know, if you could see in the spirit realm how many angels are around our car right now, just guiding us in the right direction, just making sure that we're going to be okay and to get back home. The Holy Spirit is always moving. He is hovering over you continuously. And I want to say to you tonight that God has spoken a word. There is a word over your life. Whatever that dream is, maybe the dream's running dry. Maybe the dream is running dry. Maybe the dream, maybe you don't even know what the dream is. Maybe you're just here for the first time tonight. I want to tell you, God has got a plan for your life. And there will be a day when the Holy Spirit moves. Right now the Holy Spirit is with you, but there are seasons where the Holy Spirit moves, doors open, and things happen. Favour and grace come upon your life. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is hovering over you tonight. In Luke 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 51, it says, Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare him. I love this. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus before he was received up. And what I love about it is that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem because in his heart he knew he had nothing left to do. He had nothing left to do. There was no other job that needed to be done. There was no other crusade he had to go on. There was no other desert he had to go around. There was nothing. There was no other thing that God had to do, but his job was done. And one thing about the life of Jesus is that he left behind the greatest legacy ever. We're here tonight because of the legacy that Jesus Christ left behind. We believe the legacy that Jesus Christ left behind. We're here tonight because of the Holy Spirit. We're here tonight because God has captured our hearts and saved our souls. But I want you to know that, that in this story, Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem because there was nothing else left to be done. And what I want to ask you, what legacy are you planning to leave behind? 
What legacy, when you look at yourself, what will people remember about you? What will people remember? What will they say? What will your gravestone say? Will it just say your name? Will it say something great that you did? What will your gravestone say? What legacy will you leave behind that people can follow from? Nobody will ever leave as great a legacy as Jesus Christ did. But we all have a plan. Turn with me to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You see, wherever you are tonight, your plan hasn't failed, but God is building it. And, you know, it's like you look at your life and there are things that can happen. And there are, you know, great things, bad things, whatever happens. God is building your life. And uh, some people in the chaos of the building, they run. They make for the door. Had enough. Not doing it anymore. I'm done now. I'm finished. Do you know what? Never, ever be anyone that says I'm finished. Never, ever be anyone that says I'm done now. Because the best, the best days, our best days are so to come. I am so excited. We come in here on a Sunday. I know September is our growth month. And and it's busy, busy, busy. And it's amazing. And we experience God here in an amazing level every Sunday. There are greater days ahead. There are greater days ahead. And, and you know what I want to say to you? Don't grow tired. Don't grow weary doing good because your greater days are ahead. When we were uh, up in Sky, uh, my dad is your typical kind of island man. And uh, he likes to go fishing and he likes to have his vegetable patch in his garden and he likes all that kind of thing. And he has got an amazing vegetable patch in his garden. So he said, Ruth, come here, come and see what I'm growing. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went over and we looked over the fence and he's got everything from rhubarb to onions to leeks to potatoes to strawberries to carrots to everything. And uh, he said, I'm going to give you some stuff to take home. So I said, okay, that's great, thank you. So he gave me some stuff. And in amongst the stuff was, what did I have? Well, he gave me carrots, onions, and potatoes. But that's good, that's fine. He had an awful lot going on in his garden, but you know. So I just, I just said thank you, I was okay. But um, he gave me some potatoes. And, um, and so I was in the kitchen, and I was preparing dinner one night. And I looked at these vegetables that Dad gave me, and I'm not kidding you, they were like gold nuggets to me. Because they weren't Tesco's finest. They were my dad's potatoes. <laughs> and I knew that they were going to be the best. And I, I looked and I was like, oh, what can I do with these? Because I want to make the best dish. I don't just want to put anything together. I want to make the best thing. So I picked up a potato. A potato. And uh, there was a hole in the potato. And... I looked and I thought, oh, I wonder if there's anything inside the potato. So I cut away the bit of potato and it was like just a bit black inside. So I thought, oh, cut away that bit. And it was even blacker. Cut away the next bit oh, and it was blacker. And then I just chopped it and it was just black. And it went in the bin because it was obviously completely purely rotten. But I kind of looked at that potato and I felt really bad. 
I can't even look at you because I feel so ridiculous for talking about potatoes <laughs> on a Sunday night. I mean, that's just... Um, but anyway, so um, I looked at the potato and there was a hole in it. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, all I could see was that tiny little hole on the surface of that potato. But what I couldn't see was the deeper thing of what was going on underneath, in, on the inside. It was purely rotten in the middle. There was something bigger. There was something greater than I could see with my physical eye. And I want to say to you tonight that God is doing a work in your life. God is doing a work in your life. And you know, on the outside, what we see is this. This is it. This is what we see. There is far greater going on in a realm that we cannot see. There is far greater things going on in a realm over your life that you cannot see. And I want to even come with you to you with a message tonight that don't lose hope. Don't lose hope that God is maybe forgotten about you or that he's not doing a work in your life. Or do you know what, Ruth? It's been the same for years. I've had this going on for years and years and years. Do you know what? God is working. God is still working. If there is a situation that is going on for years and years and years, maybe you need to look at it and see if you need to see it differently. Maybe you need to view that situation differently. But God is doing a work and there is a work going on that is far greater than you can see with your physical eye. So I don't think we ever truly, we truly ever grasp the greatness of what God is doing. And uh, God is always doing something. And turn with me, if you will, to Colossians uh, chapter 2. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers, complete, if not deceived, rooted and built up, but complete, let no one cheat you. Do you know, it's really important that we persist. And uh, it's really important that we are immovable. It's very important that we understand that in any time of progress, any time of working and God doing whatever he's doing, that we do not shift, that we do not change route that we do not go in a different direction. God is always doing something within your life. But I heard somebody saying a while back that they were tired. And I want you to know that God works. God is working on your behalf. God is working behind the scenes of your life. But your payday is coming. Your payday is coming. And you know what? Even if you don't see it on earth, you'll see it in heaven. And when you get to heaven, you will be glad you persisted the way you did. Because God will pay you in a way, not that we, de- we deserve to be paid, but there is a reward for each and every one of our works. And uh, God sees it. So don't focus your eyes on what you can get on the earth, but focus your eyes on heaven. So what is persistence? It's pursuing with all your heart, soul and mind. It's shamelessly running after what you believe in. And it's been urgent in what God has called you to do. 
I, um, when I was a little girl, uh, my mum and dad um, brought me up in church. And uh, I was brought up uh, just to love God, to give my life to him. And actually, um, I was talking to mum and dad about this tonight because we used to go from the age of two. Me, I have three sisters. There's four girls in my family. And we went to church three times on a Sunday from the age of two. And I looked at the attendance books uh, a few years ago when I was back home and I never missed a Sunday from the age of two. We were in church every single Sunday. And whatever, whatever foundation you, le- you uh, build for yourself, whatever, whatever foundation you lay down, your life will not depart from it. And your parents have laid a foundation. And for that you need to be grateful. But now this is your time to uh, follow that foundation and when I was little I was probably about the age of six I had a dream one night and I remember it was my first encounter with God I was lying in my bedroom and it was the middle of, of the night and I, I was lying in my bed and I woke up and I was aware that God was in my bedroom and I lay there in my bed and he just completely had my attention I was very aware of the presence of God just there and um I said to God at the age of six, I find walking with you very, very hard. I find this life very hard as a Christian at age six. Like I knew all that. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> um, and God said to me, Ruth, be strong and be of good courage because I will always be with you, even as I was with Mary as a child. And I love what the scripture says. If we can turn to Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. I'm hoping I can get it here because I've not copied it into my... Um, Joshua chapter 1. Oh, is it? It's behind me. Um, okay, so I've got it here. It says, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Now this whole first chapter, I'm not going to go through it because God is speaking to Joshua for a long time. But what he's basically saying is be strong and be of good courage. Um, And my message to you Tonight is to be strong and of good courage. And I have nothing else left to say to you apart from that tonight. That God has got your your life completely covered. He has got you completely in the palm of his hand. Even in the storm where you feel like you can't see him, he is there. He is right there working on your behalf. Be strong and be of good courage. Can I have somebody on keys, please? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.